Welcome into another episode of the Journey to Wellness podcast. I'm so glad that you're here for another episode and thankful for your support. And man, do I have a good episode for you guys today. I sit down with Brian Puckett, who is the strength coach at Murray State. He works with their men's and women's basketball team, as well as their tennis and golf teams. And he has a message today that I think is so key for so many people to hear, including myself. It was something I needed to hear. And so if you're listening to this and you agree with that, please take the time to send this to a friend. Um, We dive into mastering the basics and we talk about why that's so important and how we get there. We talk about writing your goals, creating a plan, taking time to reflect and the importance of consistency and so much other stuff. I don't want to spoil it all in this introduction, so let's just dive right into it. Welcome to The Journey to Wellness, a podcast that focuses on nutrition, exercise, mental health, and more. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Oh, for sure, man. I'm glad to, glad to be here. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe the journey you took to where you are right now? Uh, for sure. So I'm actually the head strength and conditioning coach for uh, basketball at Murray State, and I oversee uh, women's tennis and women's golf. Um, kind of backtracking how I got into strength and conditioning. Uh, I think it'd have to start with my first strength coach in college. I played football at the University of North Alabama, and uh, Aaron Feld is actually my first strength coach. Uh, he was the first strength coach at North Alabama. Um, and I guess it would have been my sophomore year that he came. Uh, and man, he just showed me the impact and like how beautiful process really is, man, because I didn't, I went to a smaller high school. So, uh, the weight room, we didn't really have anyone. Um, I guess that set a good structure in the weight room. I did, our workout was running stadium steps and flipping, flipping tractor tires. So, um, to actually see that side of it for the first time and the intensity he brought and just the intangibles that can be learned from um, having a good strength coach, I think is big time. And uh, one, once he introduced us to that as a team, um, I was like, man, I think this is something I, want, something I want to get into. And he actually was only there for four months though. Wow. And then he, uh, yeah, he actually got a call from the University of Georgia and went to their football program as an assistant strength and conditioning coach. Um, so, you know, I was sitting there, it was almost summertime. We were in the off season and I messaged him and I was like, Hey, uh, I think I want to get into this. What do I need to do? Like, what's the first step? Because, um, he would always talk about how competitive the field is. Uh, so I was like, whether it's interning somewhere, like, what can I do? I just need, need some guidance here. And he messaged me, he was like, when you graduate, why don't you come intern for me? And I was like, about to send the message back and I'll never forget it. And he hit me back and was like, or you could come intern for me this summer. Mm. And I wow. mean, when a, yeah, when a 19 year old hears that, you're just like, man, I mean, to this day, I got chills just thinking about it. Cause that was, yeah. if, I, if that message would have never been sent, then there's no way I am where I am today. Mm. And, uh, and that just speaks to the power of, you know, the connections that you make. And just like pursuing every opportunity, the opportunity that comes your way and seizing no it. No doubt. And that's what I, I, it was one of those things I typed out the message and I was like, do I know him like that to send this message? Like I sat there and like, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Worst case scenario, this dude's going to be like, nah, I can't help you. And yeah, then I'll be like, okay, what's next? That's what I was about to say. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You just got to go for it. And, uh, and just that small text message went so far in my career as far as like always being able to think back and be like, okay, well, if I wouldn't have done that, like it's better just to push the limit sometimes. So in saying that I went, um, that summer, uh, really worked under him, but the head strength coach at the time was, um, coach hockey, which he's at uh, Lafayette right now. And then circle back another year. Um, I got invited back to work a summer. Uh, this time it was a current strength coach, Scott Sinclair. And this time I worked more for other people in the actual, um, or on the staff. 
So I got to work with Coach Sinclair. I got to work with some of the other assistants. And it was big time, man. They have a great staff. And everyone that was on the staff from when I was there had just boomed. I mean, uh, Coach Feld now, uh, he's the head strength coach at Oregon uh, over football. So you're talking about multiple Pac-12 championships. Yeah. Um, another guy, uh, and this is probably one of my best friends in the field, Corey Campbell. He was just recently um, the head strength coach for Baylor. He was like the youngest head strength coach in the Power Five. I think he wow. got that job when he was 29. Um, so, I mean, there was just multiple contacts that I got from that and where I learned, man, like you don't have to know everything. And I think I still apply that today. I mean, I'm 25 years old. Like I have a lot to learn, but the stuff that I do know, I try to really take pride in mastering the basics. And I, I think we're going to talk about that a little later. Um, so in saying that from there, um, finish up my two summers at Georgia. And I was kind of like, man, where, what, which way can I go to get better as a strength coach? Like, what do I feel like I need to get better at? And for me, that was the injury prevention side. I was actually coming off of a knee surgery. Um, and I was like, man, I don't know enough about this process. If I want to get in this field, I think that can separate me. Um, just another tool in your toolbox, kind of give you a niche in the field. Like, hey, like I have this experience. Not everyone in our field has uh, kind of views injuries in that way because it's two different fields, strength and conditioning. Uh, and what I ultimately went into next was physical therapy. So I actually was a tech um, for a physical therapist local to the town that I was living in. And man, I told him, I was like, this is my vision. This is why I'm here. I want to just come work and absorb as much information as I can. Um, and they were great. It's peak performance in Florence, Alabama. And man, to this day, they're a great resource for me. Um, they've helped create movement screenings with me. Um, it, they're just great people, man. And they allowed me to grow, even though they knew that was more like a pit stop uh, for my ultimate goal. They were great. And man, there's, again, I'm going to refer to this, but there's no way I am where I am today without that experience. Mm -hmm. um, it was awesome. And then from there, um, I graduated college finally. So finished nice. up playing uh, four and a half years of football. That was great. Uh, four conference championships, went to a national championship. So great experience in college. And my offensive coordinator, my first two or three years in college is the head, uh, head football coach at large high school, uh, Athens High School in Alabama. And I, it was funny, I actually went over there. I had a decision to make. It was uh, go work for my mom's business. And I did that for about two or three months. And, and it was fun. It was, I love what she does. It's a great business. Um, and it, it just, the fulfillment wasn't there, but it was the first time I was making a real paycheck, you know, getting to pay my own bills. So that's a good feeling, but my, uh, my wife was just like, I, I don't think this is it for you. Like, I don't think you're happy. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what, we're, but we're making money. We can do adult things now. Like, this is awesome. And it was one of those things I acted like I didn't really hear what she was saying, but it kind of hit me later. She's like, man, maybe she was right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually started commuting an hour every day, uh, to volunteer at a high school as the head strength coach. Wow. <laughs> Went from making <laughs> that paycheck to volunteering. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I still worked um, almost full-time hours at my mm. um, mom's business. And um, it, it was definitely a grind. I mean, I would, it was an hour away and our first group would start at 620. Mm. So you're talking about to get there, get set up, make the commute. Um, but I took every day like it was the best job in the world because I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved to see the growth. And that was something I learned, thought I'd never do is work with high school. Um, but it was an awesome experience. They have a great staff. He's doing great things there with that program. And it was such an impact in the way I carried myself and went about the job. After about, I think it was probably four or five months of that, uh, all the sports I worked with came together and took out their budget 
and they offered me a full-time position. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. So they, yeah. I mean, it was just a very um, humbling experience. And again, just, I mean, every day when you haven't had your break yet, and I des definitely wouldn't say that was my break, but you wake up every morning and there's days you're like, man, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like mm -hmm. I'm not getting paid. I'm waking up. It's super cold outside. I'm setting up this field. Um, but then things like that happen. And it's like a feeling of relief. Like, wow. Like I bet it on myself. It worked out. And the crazy thing is three days after them offering me that job, I was doing the paperwork and I didn't have my, um, it was some document I needed to fill out all the paperwork, get on the payroll, get going. Um, and I got a call from UNA, which was my mm. previous school that I, that I played football at. And they, uh, got a new coach. He's the current coach there now. Um, I don't know as of last night, but they were a third year division one school and they were number one in the A sun. So, wow. I mean, they're doing big things there right now. Great staff, but, um, they called me and the strength coach, the head strength coach at UNA was like, Hey, we just got this new basketball coach. He's looking for a basketball only guy. We think your personalities would be perfect together. And I was like, nah, like I just accepted this job. I don't really want to work with basketball. I want to stay with football. And the next day they called me again. It was like, we really think you should just interview with them, see what you think. So I was like, okay, you know what? Our respect for the university was done for me. I'll do it. And man, when I tell you within the first five minutes of talking to this guy, I was like, <laughs> I don't care if this guy is the head coach for the Marvels team. I will work for this guy. <laughs> yeah. I the mean, head bowling coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was uh it was awesome man like he's a phenomenal guy again probably one of the single people on this earth that had the most impact in my life just what I learned mm -hmm. from that guy and it, we'd have a four-hour layover in 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 any some random town waiting on a flight and man he would just come talk to you and just talk to you about life like talk about marriage like mm -hmm. there's it wasn't just always about basketball. And that's when I were learning like relationships is key. It's not so much like, yeah, you want to know the X's and O's, but if you can learn people first, man, especially 18 to 23 year olds, that is the worst yeah. <laughs> population. Now I'm playing. But uh, from UNA, I was there two and a half years. And then um, I went to Georgia Southern to work with football. I thought that was my chance to get back into football. Thought that's what I wanted. Um, and good people there, man. I like what that program stands for. Uh, but I was on there six months and realized for me and ultimately my family, uh, I think the basketball side was going to be a better better uh, decision for us. So um, it, it happened fast, too. Like I said, I was there six, seven months and uh, got a call if I was interested in Murray State. And I was like, Murray State? Like, there's no way I'm are you sure you meant to call me? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's Murray State men's basketball. And um, mm -hmm. super excited, man. Just humbled to have that opportunity, make the connections. And again, you're going back to relationships. Uh, at UNA, I wasn't getting paid the most. I was technically a part-time employee. I was making about $1,000 a month. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we spent a lot of time on the road, especially year one, man. It was 12 away games, three home games, non-conference. Mm. And we were going to Gonzaga, uh, UNCG, South Carolina, uh, Florida wow. State. Just kidding. <laughs> it was a tough year, um, mm -hmm. but it was baptism by fire. So that was a good experience once you get through. But um, Coach Pujo and Coach McMahon have had a 20-year friendship. And um, that was ultimately, I think, the deciding factor. Again, I think I did pretty well in the interview process. Um, but with my credentials, my age and my experience, uh, that just, I think coach Pujol's word ultimately, uh, was probably what set me apart. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, going back to the relation aspect, that was huge. I mean, just, it's easy. You're making a thousand dollars a month and be like, you know what? I'm going to give a thousand dollar a month effort. I mean, mm -hmm. there's multiple times in your, in my head. I'm like, man, I'm about like always that battle going back and forth because, you see your friends going off, they're making money, they're doing all these big things. And and it's, it's just a tough, tough grind sometimes. And it truly is in college athletics. Mm -hmm. um, 
but when you're persistent, man, it pays off. Um, so now I'm at Murray State. I've been here since November 23rd, uh, which is a really weird time mm-hmm. to be transitioning into basketball. As you know, the season yeah. started a week later. So uh, it's definitely been some challenge challenges as far as strength and conditioning, but uh, man, just fortunate to be here, fortunate to be around good people. Uh, this staff is awesome, man. Uh, it doesn't get much better than this, honestly, as far as people. Yeah. And I mean, being 25 and you said before, it's such a competitive field. And the fact that you're able to land a land a job at Murray State just speaks to the power of uh, forming those connections and those relationships. And also the perseverance, like you were saying, like if you're doing what you love, what you love, even if you're not getting paid, you got to give your give your all because that's going to lead to more connections and relationships down the road. And eventually you're going to end up where you want to be. So that speaks speaks volumes. Um I know, I know one thing that you're really big on with your athletes um, at Murray State um, is mastering the basics. And you talked about that a little bit. Um, can you talk about why that's so important? Yeah, man, I think it's when you um, break down the, the root word of basics, you know. Um, I mean, when you look at basics, it, it means the essential, right? So then when you think of the essentials, um, ultimately that means the necessities. And I think it's as simple as this. When you look at like, say, just living in general, what necessities are, you're talking about air, oxygen, you're talking about uh, food and hydration. Mm -hmm. And it's like, without those three things, we can't even like, you can't live. So when you implement that into a program and you look at the basics, I feel like that gives you a different um, understanding and different uh, appreciation for the basics, um, it's so easy to be like, oh, bench press is just bench press, squat is just squat, like um, a deadlift is just a deadlift because they've been around the game so long. But for me, um, and truly understand, if something stands the test of time, that's the ultimate test. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to look at fads, what's coming in and what's going out. Like, it's easy to do that. But for me, it's more impressive of movement or different exercises that have you go back to the very beginning and they're still here in 2021. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of my mindset when it comes to training. Mm, That's super cool. Just standing that test of time so that you know, it's going to work. And you talked about like how without the basics or like a foundation is kind of what I think of. Um, You don't really have anything to build off of or to go, go to from there. You know, if you don't have air or that food or, uh, that water, you can't really do anything from that, you know? Yeah. So that's huge. So what are, what are you, what are some steps people can take to get to the point of like mastering the basics? I, I think the first thing is, is education mm-hmm. and understanding uh, good literature. And again, literature that's been around for a while. Um, I, I don't think you jump to literature and, articles that, you know, is, are meant for a population that's been in the field for 10, 15 years. I mean, a good program, just the basics of a program, I think an athlete needs at least two to three years mastering that. And then it's like, okay, what specifically, let's start getting a little more, like let's dig below the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so start with literature. And then once you educate yourself, you have to have guidelines or structure. Mm. Um, And again, like, what does that do? That takes time. And then when you take time to work on yourself, it makes it more real. Uh, Too many people, I think, just dive head first. They go get their pre-workout. They go get their protein powder. And then they become invincible for a week. And and that's not it. I mean, there's levels to this. Um, Yeah. I see that all the time, people going, you know, all out or doing, you know, maybe something like whole 30 in January or something, but then they just end up feeling really burnt out and they, there's no consistency there. No doubt. And, and after you create a structure, you educate yourself, you create guidelines or a structure or a plan. I think now it's about, you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. I, man, I, I, in 2021, I feel like that is one of the biggest uh, or just our generation and the generation um, after us. I, I just think 
like we have really good traits, but sometimes the work doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. It's just like a spurt of the moment. You have that emotional rush and you do it. And it's a lost art of just rolling up your sleeves and doing the work every single day. Um, and to me, that's a big thing. Then what, once you do that, you create the plan, you do the work and, and you do it for a certain amount of time. Then you got to pause for a second. And I think this is the biggest thing is reflect and you have to be vulnerable enough with yourself and be real. Did I do the work? Okay. I did the work. Now, what can I, what tools can I implement a little different because I've educated myself to kind of move my program forward. And it's like, you want to reflect every day, but as far as like actual training, you might go a month before you're like, okay, these are the gains I felt. This is what I felt good. I'm starting to have this issue in my hip. Why am I having that issue? Now let me reflect. It might even be two months before you do that kind of reflection. Um, and when you look at that, the next thing you know, a year is gone. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you dove head first into the process of growing that. Um, and I think that's where just the consistency and hard work and creating that structure, man, gets lost sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think what you said about doing the work is so good because I see, you know, in our culture today, a lot of people just say, you know, just do what feels good or even, even within um, nutrition, you know, like I see it a lot in nutrition about, you know, intuitive eating, just eat kind of what your body's craving. And I think that's, that has some weight. I, I, I don't discredit intuitive eating at all, but at the same time, you need a little bit of structure within the intuitive eating Or for example, uh, like a lot of people talk about intuitive exercising, you know, if you don't feel like weightlifting, maybe just go for a walk. And I think that's good as well. You know, maybe you're overtrained or something and you just need to walk, but also at a certain point, you know, if you're not wanting to get in the gym every single day, like you said, you got to just roll up your sleeves and just do it. And a lot of times once you're, you know, 10, 15 minutes in the workout, you'll find that you're actually enjoying it and that you can push yourself and go hard. And so, you know, there's some truth, you know, in that intuitiveness or, um, you know, doing what feels good or whatever. There's some truth in that, but also you need structure. And sometimes you need to just put your head down and work. And that's where one thing, like it is true. Uh, like as far as overtraining um, and you can ultimately start to detrain. But again, mm-hmm. if you create that structure and guidelines, that shouldn't happen. And then if you feel like that, okay, maybe take a little deload week, whatever you need to feel recovered but then go back to the lab and say, okay, that was too much volume for me. The intensity was too high. Let me regress it. So then I can progress back to where I need to be. Um, Cause a lot of people will go through that and be like, oh, that just didn't work for me. I don't like that. And they go back to their little comfort zone. And, and that's an issue. I think we both can agree on that. Like, yes. When you are developing physically and mentally, you have to be willing to break through certain thresholds. Mm-hmm. If you get uncomfortable, new one. Exactly. And I, and I tell my athletes that all the time, like we have to be able and not even just like, it's a concept. It applies to every aspect of life. You have to be able to be uncomfortable and still make good decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I think again, you got uncomfortable and now it's easy to be like, that's not for me. Like, let me go take a walk and eat some really bad food because I feel sorry for myself. And it's easy, it's even easier for us to sit here and talk about it. But I mean, I know I'm guilty of doing that sometimes. I'm sure you're guilty of doing it. Oh yeah, for sure. You can have the magic answer, but you gotta be able to sit down and have that conversation with yourself at the end of the day. And a lot of that comes back to that reflection. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, We'll get into like education, you know, a little bit, a little bit um, further further on. Um, but your second step was, you know, having guidelines and structure and a plan. I kind of want to dig into that more. Um, so can you tell me like, what are some things that someone should keep in mind when they're setting goals or setting up a plan? I think for one, uh, you have to be realistic. Um, you, you can't, you have to break your goals and it's so simplistic and people are like, I heard this my whole life, but then you're like, well, how have you ever read it? like wrote it down, like you're written it down and, and followed it. It's just like a good example. is like a hamstring stretch. People are like, I got tight hamstrings. You're like, well, have you ever like structurally stretched your hamstring? Like, okay, every morning night, I'm going to do three sets for 30 seconds and, and stay true to that for two weeks. And they're like, yeah, I've done that. 
And, and they really haven't. They think they have, but they've never like created a plan. And it's the same thing when you're setting your goals, like create your short-term goals and then create long-term goals. And if you see, again, that's where the reflection piece is so important. If you see as you progress, um, things aren't going absolutely the way you're, you want it to. It's not a, it's a linear, but it's not a straight line, you know? So that's why you have to reflect. Um, so set short-term goals, long-term goals, and in between reflect and say, is this putting me on the path that I need to be to reach these goals? I think- And be realistic. Mm-hmm. I think what you just said, especially <laughs> the piece where you say, write it down, is something a lot of people need to hear um, because you know you can make a goal in your head, but it's just gonna be a wish at that point until you write it down and give it some structure and give it some specifics. Um, it's, it's really just a wish and not a goal. And um, you don't really have a plan of action around it. That kind of goes into like why, you know, creating a plan and having that structure is so important. Um, how about, how about like uh, tracking progress um, along the way? Um, why is that so important? I think that's important for when it gives you data. So when you reflect, you have the information and it helps create consistency. Um, again, whatever it looks like for you, that everyone's different, right? So, um, I, I mean, the simplest way is when you create your plan, like you need to be tracking weights, you need to be tracking your movements and give yourself feedback each individual rep. So, I mean, uh, obviously there's ways to track the weights you're lifting and all that, but everyone's different, right? And not everyone wants to work off a one rep max. Uh, not everyone, is up to that or feel comfortable doing that and possibly could get injured. Like I get that. But if you give yourself feedback, like uh, as simple as I'm back squatting 200 pounds for mm -hmm. six reps and man, that felt really easy. Then get a little notebook and write your movements down and then just put 200 and an arrow up or plus whatever that feedback mm -hmm. looks for you. Um, and then next time you're like, okay, maybe I need to jump up a little bit. Uh, and, and that not only gives you uh, structure and the data and when you reflect, but it teaches you your body. That body awareness, man, is such an unrated, underrated tool. Just know what your body feels like. Um, and again, that's what data does for us, right? So when you track that, you can look back and say, man, there's something wrong either like that 200 pounds that was easy last week. It's not, it's not feeling the same. Um, I didn't get enough sleep. I'm not hydrated or I have like a bigger issue going on. Uh, just something like that. Kind of, it's easier to see the red flag. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And even really good. You could have had a great week eating, man, got plenty of sleep and now your workouts feel phenomenal. And how do you know that? Not just by the way you feel, but you actually have the data. And when you write it down, like you said, we were talking about writing goals down, it becomes so much more real, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's why like tracking your progress is so important. And again, I can't emphasize the reflection piece, just having that data to look back on and say, what can I do different or what was good? That's so much good information. And it's funny that you kind of talked about the body awareness that so many people lack that because in my previous podcast episode, I was uh, doing an episode with Katie Walter, who's a yoga instructor. And she talks about in Western culture, you know, so many people have lost that art of being in their body, knowing what their body feels like, because we're just on autopilot all day. You know, we wake up, we make breakfast, we brush our teeth, we go to work, we come home, we do the laundry, we make dinner. You know what I mean? We're just on autopilot. We're not living in the present. We're not, um, noticing how our body feels. And I think that even carries it, carries over and relates to what we're talking about here. You know, if you're in the gym, a lot of people will just go through the motions. Like, okay. I got three sets of bench press and then I got, um, you know, bicep curls and they're just, you know, going through their list. They're not slowing down and uh, thinking about how does this weight feel? Is it easier than it was last week? Can I go up next week? You know, am I feeling, energized? Am I hurting somewhere? You know, you're not, you don't have that awareness a lot of times when you're in the gym. Yeah. I think there's a lot of crossover there, man. Uh, I, there's this book um, I refer to a lot for back issues. It's called the back pain Bible. And. Okay, guys, we got disconnected there for a little bit. We're on zoom call right now, but I'm going to let uh, Brian get right back into what he was talking about with uh, the back pain. 
Yeah, so uh, it's it's great. Like the kind of concept in the book is more like body, mind, and spirit needs to be aligned. And I'm a big fan of that, man, because I think all three of those levels have to be aligned for ultimate success. Um, it kind of helps you have more of a structure in life. But in one of the techniques he's talking about, um, just sit down in a chair and close your eyes and think, like, how does my body feel right now? And it's crazy when you practice this, because the first time I read it, it's one of those things in the book. It's like, okay, now you do this. And I'm like, do I really want to do this? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I might as well. No one's around, right? So, <laughs> and it was crazy. Like, I could tell, like, when I sat there and thought about it, I could tell how, like, one foot was planted in the ground better than the other. And, like, the other leg was, like, a little mm -hmm. bit more tight in my hamstring. Like, I could tell those things. And I was like, holy crap. Like, if I wouldn't have thought about that, like, that I would have never noticed that. And now, once you get that information, your body's giving you feedback. Now you can say, okay, what tool do I need to apply to fix this issue, mm. right? And I use that a lot with my athletes because I, I tell them they got to build body awareness because this program doesn't need to just be, hey, you come into this stretch, this, this, this stretch. Of course, there has to be a certain amount of transparency and trust. Um, but I would love for my athletes to come in. I said, what do you specifically need? What is your body telling you? Um, mm -hmm. And what that does is when they're on the road or a team that I don't travel with, they know exactly what to do. And I think that's huge, man, when you create that relationship. And again, we're going back to body awareness. Uh, when an individual can have that connection with their body. Uh, but again, it takes work, mm -hmm. right? Not a lot of people. People can have that answer. People can read that book. But until they're willing to apply it every day, and you're going to fail, and you're not going to be perfect yeah. at it. But when you can catch it and say, man, I am tripping right now. Let me <laughs> let me lock back in real quick. Um, again, that's what it's about. Yeah, dude, that's so huge that you said that. And just that you work with your athletes and have them have that body awareness too, so they can have that feedback and then, you know, give that feedback to you and you can kind of help them figure it out if they don't know exactly what they need in that moment. So that's huge, man. I love that. Now, as far as like reflection, um, is there any, I know you touched on that a lot. Is there anything else you want to add as far as reflection goes and the importance of that? Yeah, man. Um, I I think again, uh, going through this, we, we talked about like how it's so easy to be like, that made me uncomfortable. I don't want to continue this process. And you kind of fall off. Um, uh, this, it was a video of Kobe Bryant. I forgot who was doing the interview. Um, but he talks about, there's no really like, uh, it's not negative or positive. You can't let the emotion control how you feel. It's more about learning from each experience. And, and it's not so much like, I'm not saying don't be emotional. I'm saying don't let the emotion control your actions that follow. Because we're human, everyone's going to be emotional. But when you go back and reflect, that's when you got to say, okay, it's not really positive or negative or good or bad. But what can I do better? Like, just, you know, non-biased opinion say, again, because sometimes we don't like to say to ourselves we didn't do the best we could. Like, we don't like to be real like that. But when you can get to that point and say, okay, what do I need to do better? That I like the outcome, that I not like that outcome. And when you reflect like that, man, again, like those little intangibles, there's no, that's exactly why I'm where I'm at right now. It's, I guarantee you, there are plenty of people in this field that are a lot smarter than me, that know the X's and O's a lot better than me, but it's, I try to practice those things every single day. And I'm real about it. I try to teach my athletes the same thing. And, and so it's one of those things, man, like when you can connect all three levels like that and reflect back and be completely transparent with yourself, it, it, people need to get out of your way. Heck yeah. And that's the piece that is probably the easiest to forget too. You know, if you're going, making a plan and then you're, uh, you know, putting in the work and progressing and stuff, you can just keep on that for a while without ever reflecting and fine tuning. So that's huge. And just being real too. Like, that's awesome that you said that too. Now, like, as far as, you know, when you do your reflection, do you structure it? Like, is it like in your schedule to like reflect at a certain time or do you just kind of go with the flow or like you're constantly oh. reflecting? It's with how my personality is, it's I 
I naturally do it in a flow, like, cause I'm a very type A go at it type person. And sometimes I have to slow myself down and um, I feel like I'm good uh, reflecting on the fly after a lift, like did that, did it flow right? Did, did it feel right? Did I, did I do everything I could to explain that right? Like I'm constantly checking myself, um, but I also try to put it into my schedule because mm -hmm. that kind of reflection, it doesn't get better than that. So um, I usually try to write a to-do list. Again, I'm a perfect not at all, but I'll try to write a to-do list uh, every night, you know, lay out my clothes, go through my nightly ritual or routine. And I try to give myself at least 10 minutes in the morning to sit down and go, okay, what has to get accomplished today? Um, and even to the point where Again, living in Kentucky now, like I'm not used to how cold it is here. House yeah. being cold, you wake up, your knees are hurting. And, yeah. <laughs> and you don't and you don't feel like doing it. When mm -hmm. you have that 10 minutes, it's you take that time to ask yourself the right questions. Yo, why am I here right now? Like, what do I need to do from a coaching standpoint? This is bigger than me. Cause it's so easy. Again, I fell a lot as a coach. I'll, I'll be completely open about that. Like I fail to always think what's the best for the athletes, but the more I practice it, uh, mm -hmm. the more it becomes, that's just who I am. So again, I think when it comes to like me reflecting, um, it's easy, it's natural for me just to kind of flow into things. But whenever I take the time in the morning, it's a, diff it's a different kind of reflection. Even if it's a bad day, and I get through my morning sessions and I'm like, yo, I did not do what I would. The best version of Brian Puckett was not on display today. That's an issue. And when mm -hmm. you can talk to yourself like that, um, again, it's the red flag. I can see it now. The red flag went up. And instead of letting that carry into the rest of my day, I stopped, reflected right there, and I handled my business. And I understand it's not perfect, but saying that's okay. No one's perfect. I think those, that combination is huge. Yeah. When you talked about like um, you weren't your best for your athletes. And so I need to practice that. Um, that was huge for me because, you know, sometimes I'll meet someone and I'm like, man, I wish I was like as thankful as they were or as joyful in every circumstance as they were. And I'm like, dude, how do I get to that point? Like, that's just not who I am right now. And like you were saying, if you practice it, eventually it just becomes who you are. That's huge. Like a light bulb went off in my head when you said that. And then if you add reflection on top of that and be like, okay, today I killed it. I was like, you know, super thankful or whatever it might be. Um, or I wasn't. And when you add that reflection piece, man, that's huge. That's, that's awesome. And again, it's never going to be perfect, man. It's mm -hmm. just not. And again, uh, if we you can accept about that, that's huge. And we talk about the basics. There's so much information right here that it, man, it takes years and years and years to get outside of the basics. And then once you feel like you're outside of them, you probably need to reflect back and be like, yo, do I know everything with the basics? Because like, once you create that solid foundation and that's where I tell you, I'm not the smartest strength coach. I don't know everything, but the stuff I do know, I try to learn in depth. I try to master it. And so I can apply it to the best of my ability. Man, that's so cool. Even for me, like I'm learning a lot right now. and like thinking like, how can I apply this to nutrition? Cause I'm coming from the nutrition side of things. And just thinking that, you know, so many times clients will come in and be like, Hey, I saw this. Um, I don't know, like this cleanse or something. And they want to hop on that. <laughs> and, um, or they're asking, you know, does a banana have too much sugar? Um, but they're not mastering the yeah. basics. You know what I mean? They're not mastering it. And so if I can just learn or from an athlete's perspective, like if I can just learn like, okay, like what are the basics, you know, maybe like, maybe it's um, making sure you're getting enough calories and maybe it's making sure you're getting mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables and spreading out your protein. No um, like if that's the basics I focus on, if you, and you said it can take years and it definitely can to master those um, and maybe cutting out, you know, the ice cream or like the really, really bad foods. If, you, if I can just focus on that with clients um, and just like learn everything I can about the basics of nutrition and good fundamental nutrition, that's huge. And if I just spend years doing that, if clients can spend um, however much time it takes mastering that, and then, you know, you can dig in and add layers to it if you want to. So, yeah, that's no just doubt. a lot of good stuff.
And I'll take it back to that hamstring stretch, man, because you hear that in athletics, like, my hamstrings are tight. Well, do you mm-hmm. stretch them? Yeah. No, 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 no. Do you really stretch? Are, are you pushing through your heel? Are you pointing your, like, pulling your chest to your toe? Is the band at the top of your toe? Your shoulders roll back and you're pulling your chest to your toe. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not maximizing that, don't think there's going to be a magic pill and a more complex stretch that's going to be awesome for you. Yeah. Because how you do that hamstring stretch, ultimately, whenever that new stretch becomes old to you, you're not going to have that same intent, that same focus. Um, so again, if you looked at my program, man, you, I got to a point where I tried to put, I'm not going to say fluff because it was definitely stuff of substance, but it's like, I'm getting ahead of myself, man. Like I, I want these coaches to walk into my weight room and be like, man, that's some really cool looking stuff. Well, process isn't always cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a big thing. And again, talking about the hamstring stretch, like my guys will master that hamstring stretch. And it's the same way with any component and not just my guys, my women's tennis team, they will master that, you know? And mm-hmm. before they, until they show me that's mastered, we're not moving on. We're going to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, creating the understanding and help them give them the knowledge and the information because that's part of the job, right? Um, you have to explain to them exactly why and know why you're doing that, you know, um, and how it translates to what they do. And when you take the time to do that, uh, man, and that athlete absorbs it for one, two things happen, or two things are going to happen. You find out the athletes that want to maximize their potential. And then you find, Find out who the cool guys are. You know, the guys that I'm too cool for a hamstring stretch. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, and then you can put more focus on, you're, we're not going to do things that way. But that's getting a little more into the strength and condition side of the, uh, of the field. But again, going back to master that, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is. We're talking about, it's easy to be in nutrition. You know, I'm not a nutritionist by any means, but I have a general understanding. Yeah. Well, let's just get the right amount of calories in first. Like, cause some people it's mind blowing. Like they'll be like, I just got a high metabolism. Like I eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get what you're saying, but there's a scientific side of this that if you put more calories in, guess what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, I already eat a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it becomes more real to you. You're like, Oh, well, okay, well, let me draw a picture. Maybe you're a visual learner, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's figure this out because <laughs> yeah. you need to, this is important. So, I mean, don't ever overestimate wherever the person is going to be starting at, mm-hmm. I feel like. Well, also, you know, I'll go back to the people that say, you know, they have a high metabolism and they already eat a lot. A lot <laughs> of times these guys, you know, they wake up and they might work out before ever eating breakfast and then they might you know shower and do homework and their first meal might not be till 1 p.m and then they might you know eat a whole pizza by themselves at dinner and they're like oh i have a fast metabolism because i'm not gaining weight well you're also maybe you know just eating two meals a day or something you know so (laughs) and i want i want to repeat something that you said earlier because i feel like it's so key you were talking about the hamstring stretch and how if you're not mastering the basic hamstring stretch and, and you think there's going to be some magic pill or some new fancy stretch that's going to help you. It's not going to, if you're not, if you're not willing to master the basics, if you're not putting in the work to master just the basic hamstring stretch, then there's not going to be a magic pill that helps you or anything. You know, it, it that is what's going to help you is being consistent with the basics. And, and they see like these guys that have been in the game forever, man. And, and they see this stuff on social media and, and you're 20 years old and you think, Oh, well, I want to implement that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. like <laughs> the, the old saying, there's levels to this is yeah. so true. And that's the way, again, I have to check myself because I'll see stuff and I'm like, man, that looks so cool. And, and like, it's eye catching. It's like eye popping. But again, is that where I'm at personally? Mm-hmm. Is that where my, for me, where my athletes are at? Like you have to ask those questions before you're just like, that looks really fun. I'm going to implement that. And you get that so much with, I'm going to use this in perspective for, for my athletes and who I work with, they'll see guys in the NBA level. I mean, they'll look at like, 
an old head like LeBron and the workouts that he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two different populations right there. Yeah. <laughs> and they see that and they think, but it, we'll go back to Kobe. You look at Kobe's workouts, man, that looked like some, like the drills were so simple, but he had the mentality of until. People would be like, how long are you going to do that? Until, until it's mm. enough, until it's, until yeah. it's done, until it's yeah. mastered. And it's not pretty. It is not pretty. But when you have mm. that mentality, man, it, it, it's, and then you start to say, okay, I feel really good about this. I'm going to add this in. And now everything's just so much more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking a lot about mastering the basics and I think it, you know, especially from a nutrition standpoint, but I imagine from a strength and conditioning standpoint as well, that it helps people to not feel overwhelmed. And so there's not, you know, this thing where you need to find the newest research or you need to find the new thing or anything like that, or I've heard this, or I've heard that, or there's this fad and this fad and what's true. There's, there's none of that. It's just, here are the basics. Now, are you going to put in the work or not? You know what I mean? And so it's a lot, a lot less stress, a lot less feeling overwhelmed. It just comes down to, are you going to put in the work to master these basics or are you not? Are you going to be consistent with it or not? (laughs) Again, uh, I think a great point there is the structure of it, create a plan. Mm-hmm. And man, when you walk into the gym with a plan, that's a whole different feeling too. You know, yeah. when you walk in with working with a set certain level of intent, then all of a sudden you're not worried about what music's being played. You're not worried about like the girl over on leg press. You're mm-hmm. not worried about things like that because you're going in and you're locked in, man. You're in the zone. You like, I'm gonna do this to the best of my ability. Yeah. And, and when when you do that all the distractions and you have blinders up. It's awesome. And I, uh, I think a big piece, man, and I always resort back to this literature, starting strength, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best, I'm telling you, like I got excited right now. And it takes fundamental movements where you'll see people write it down on a workout and, and they don't understand how powerful that movement is because all they know is we'll use back squat or bench press. All they think that is is, I put a bar on my back, I squat down, squat up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, when you do that, for one, you're probably creating efficiencies. You're not maximizing the potential of that lift. So instead of having 12 movements in a workout, man, start with two big movements. And think about all these cues, like this, it's phenomenal piece of literature. It's time tested since it's been out. It's scientifically proven. And it gives you the cues and the information. And again, it, it educates you on what you need to be thinking when you do these movements. And when you do that, like me personally, I went back because uh, with my basketball teams, with my tennis team and my golf team, we're starting them from scrap. So I'm a big fan of whatever I want to implement with my teams. I'm going to do myself beforehand. Right. So I like I was doing pretty complex workouts and, and I went back and I, I realized the beauty of the basics, man. Like I I reread, went through, took my notes, what I feel like I could coach better, and I implemented it myself in my workouts. And like, man, on my uh we'll say it was my bench press day. I pressed, took the appropriate amount of time, worked through my percentages. I was working on the cues, five points of contact, like everything this book talks about. And then I did chin-ups and I superset chin-ups and dips. And I took the time with each move. Man, I woke up the next day and I was like, oh my gosh, like I haven't been this sore in so long. And it's, again, it was I was taking those little things for granted because yeah. I got bored with it. Um, and, and again, it goes back to the reflection. And and I was like, okay, you know what? I got it. So I went ahead and made a whole month of let me work on this. So like that helps me with cues, what the athletes are going to feel like. And man, whether it's my deadlift day, like I can't remember being that sore and just traumatizing my body. <laughs> but the level of intent from each movement, like I'm sitting there thinking, I got to work on this. I got to work on this. I got to work on this. And a lot of times when you've trained for, again, I don't want to sound like I'm, 
because I get it. I'm not. I'm 25. I still mm-hmm. am very early stages of the game, right? Um, but it's easy to get bored with those things. And I realized, like, I don't even have this mask. Like, yeah, I'm preaching this stuff, and I still yep. <laughs> have so much to work on. Yep. And, I'm the same way with from the man, from a nutrition standpoint. So. And it's crazy. I think so many people are, but they're afraid to have that certain transparency and humility with their self and their population. Like, probably not a good look for me to be on this podcast saying this to you, right? Not a lot of people want to admit that kind of stuff. Yeah. But man, when you when you do, the growth is just exponential, right? Like, that's when you really start to take off is when you have that transparency. And, and that book will humble you. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's going to give you that structure, the knowledge and simplicity of what you need to work on. And once you master that, and again, it might take you a year, two years to just feel great, man. And then you get strong <laughs> and, and you talk about your population. Um, man, there's so many trends out there right now. So I many know. fads. Yep. People want to talk about hit training and they think that's going to get them lean and chiseled and it's like man like okay let me it's like let's block those fads out take this solid book man starting strength mm-hmm. and pay attention to your nutrition yeah do that and watch what happens mm-hmm. i think it's gonna happen in a month when you do that for six months a year man again people better get out of your way yeah yeah and doesn't it, you know, at a certain point when you're mastering the basics, you kind of feel secure in that. And I feel like at a certain point, and then you're not, you're not as tempted to, you know, chase after a fad or the next new thing, because you've seen that it works and it's consistency that works, not necessarily, um, you know, the new thing or the magic pill. No doubt. And that's where like, I gave you the example of starting strength, uh, two mm-hmm. pieces of literature, starting strength, practical programming. Okay. Uh, two sides of the fitness world that when you put them together, special things happen. But I understand that's not everyone's goal. So again, if you take a step back, it just starts with the hard work and consistency, creating a plan reflection, right? But if you want that kind of stress on your body, so many guys are like, I can't get strong. Like, what do I need to do? Like, people come up to me and they're like, will you write me a program? Or when they think they're in that friend circle, they're like, hey, do you think you could just draw me up? Like, they, they passively ask and they're and yeah. I'm like, man, I, I can't, I can write anything down on a piece of paper, but that's mm-hmm. not a magic pill. Like Mike Boyle says it all the time and he's a father or he's a really big name and functional training is anyone can write anything down, but it's like, how are you doing those movements? What kind of intent are you working with? Um, and, and you just can't lose that. And a lot of times when you're 20 years old, you don't know what to do. You don't know what literature to read. You're just looking for something. So me as a strength coach, go read starting strength and practical programming and eat as many fruits and vegetables as you can and eat lean protein. Boom. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Drop the mic. (laughs) Thanks for putting in the nutrition piece too. That's a, that's a great shout out. (laughs) So yeah. And I think I think it's awesome that, you know, you can apply this to everything. You know, we've been talking a lot about strength and nutrition, but this can apply to, you know, your spiritual life. It can apply to your relationships. It can really apply to anything. So everything you've said has been so useful for myself even. And I feel like it's a lot of stuff that I didn't know before where I'm, I'm kind of like, what's the latest nutrition research instead of, you know, what's been the latest, what's been the nutrition research that has worked for a long time and has stood that test of time always go back to the there's already been a wheel right like let's master that because there's been yeah in my world there's been elite athletes that stayed healthy in your world there's been phenomenal looking people that just did the basics of nutrition they were healthy and lived a long life it's like you can't overlook that i don't feel like and when you have that mentality again like it, it allows you not to just be grasping for things and and so many people forget or mistake movement for progression. Mm. Man, like you will my workout sometimes and you're like, that's all we're doing. Yeah, because we're going to work with intent. Like we're not going to be like, 
hey guys, come in quick and we got an hour and let's stretch real fast and, and then we're gonna squat and, and then we're gonna uh, mm-hmm. roll out. And it's like, no, we're gonna yeah. come in and you're gonna know exactly why we're doing it. You're gonna know what muscle group we're targeting. You need to know the levels to this. For one, it's bigger than just a sport, right? That's information that that athlete will take with them the rest of their life. And when you go about it the right way, you might have a little pushback, but when you say, I'm a lot more persistent than you are, mm-hmm. special things happen, man. Yeah. And too many people don't have that, I feel like. Man, I love that. That is that is so good. And just working with intent too, just goes back to like being present in your body even, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. every, and in everything you do, you know, like I said, this applies to everything, just working at it with intent, not just getting in there and rushing through everything, so. No doubt. Yeah. Dude, this has been awesome. This has been such a good conversation, Brian. And I, I just hope that everyone listening has just been kind of challenged to, you know, take a step back, you know, not maybe, you know, listen to all those fads and stuff and get down to the basics, you know, read those books that uh, Brian recommended and that I'll put in the show notes, uh, starting strength and practical programming. Um, as far as nutrition, you know, find someone you can trust, follow people you can trust and get sound nutritional information from and just get the basics down in nutrition, you know, don't worry about the fads and everything. And so I just hope this challenges some people to kind of maybe declutter their life in terms of, you know, what they think about nutrition or working out and stuff and start at those basics and mastering that. Um, so before I let you go, Brian, is there anything else you want to add? Any final thoughts that you have? Man, honestly, not. I mean, you got me excited right now thinking about again, because these are things I'm still doing with my programs and uh, and we're going to master these basics. And even in my life, like you were talking about spiritually relationships, like being married at 25, like that's not an easy thing to do. But when you yeah. take it back to the basics, man, like you said, uh, I hope everyone else is challenged because I know just having this conversation, man, it's a little bit of an emotional rush right now. You yeah. know, the emotion yep. gets high. Yeah, but uh, same here. Uh, it, it's a challenge and I know I'm going to continue to accept it. So I hope uh, everyone listening definitely will take that challenge, check out those books. And again, eat as many fruits and vegetables, to get some protein in your life. <laughs> Thanks for the plug again, man. <laughs> um, I just got to, yeah, I just got to thank you personally too, for uh, sharing this message. And I feel like it's something that I'll implement in my nutrition um, programming. And, you know, as I work with clients and stuff, so I just got to personally thank you for the, all this information and, uh, you know, talking about mastering no the basics and, you know, simplifying some things. So I appreciate it. For sure, man. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. It's been great. Absolutely. So uh, where can people find you or get in touch if they want to uh, reach out to you? Um, social media, honestly, will probably be yeah. the best way. Um, my my uh, Instagram is uh, pucket underscore strength. Uh, yeah. and I'll put that in the show I'm not notes. The, I'm not the, yeah, I'm not the biggest on, uh, technology and social okay. media. So, but yeah, I just puck it underscore strength. And I try to keep, uh, um, some good content on there and I have people reach out to me a lot. So I always try to get, get, get back with people. Uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. busy, but at the end of the day, that's why we're here, man, is to give yeah. back. So exactly. uh, no one hesitate. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, Brian, so much for coming on again. I really appreciate you um, taking the time. So I'll let you get to um, – you got a game tonight, right? Yeah, man, need to get this uh, quick turnaround after taking a tough L, but uh, hopefully we get back on the winning track, get a streak going here. Heck, yeah, that's what I like to hear. So I'll let you go and uh, get going with all of that. Thank you. Yes, sir, I appreciate it. Guys, how good was that information that Brian just shared with us? I know for me personally, it was exactly what I needed to hear because there's some areas of my life where I need to get back to the basics and focus on mastering those. I think one of my biggest takeaways too was that there is no magic pill, whether in fitness, in nutrition, in relationships, in business, there is no magic pill. The magic pill, honestly, if anything, is consistency. That's the magic pill. And so that's just a great takeaway that I had. I hope you guys had some good takeaways as well as you were listening. If you did, 
please let me and Brian know. We'd love to hear your feedback or answer any questions you have. So hit us up on Instagram um, if there's anything you'd like to share. As always, thank you guys for supporting this podcast. If you would, please subscribe, give the podcast a rating, or even a review. I appreciate you guys, and let's have a great week.